do it. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are now at our sixth episode of the Wim Hof Wednesday. And I really just can't thank you all enough for being here. So please give yourselves another round of applause for the sixth time, because without you here, I would be speaking to myself. <laughs> I really, really appreciate this. And to, to see your smiley faces, to share our wins, to share our thoughts, to share our insight every single week, it, it keeps the momentum alive. And it also just makes a reason to actually have a reunion in person, whether it's just our group or the people who around the world who want to meet up with the Wim Hof Wednesday crew. I really, really think this is a beautiful thing that we can continue to do. I will be presenting today. So I'm the host and the presenter, which I am honored to do. I have been doing public speaking for about five years now. And I want to let everyone know that before I started public speaking, I had a huge fear of public speaking. Why? Well, as a kid, my English wasn't so pristine, let's say. I grew, was born and raised in America, and I was born and raised in an Italian home, and my neighborhood was Spanish, so my third language was, ended up being English. And even in high school, my teachers would say, when did you come over to America? And it's because when I would read out loud or when I would write, people would always notice that there was just something not American. So this actually was something that haunted me for years for getting made fun of. And to actually now share this with people, to give speeches, not only in TEDx and host big events for corporate events or UNICEF, it has been an honor. But I'm telling you right now, I have been there when it was just horrible fear and just anxiety. If I think about it, I can sweat in my sweater just thinking about my memories as a 15 year old. But without being said, I just wanna thank you all for lending me your ears, trusting me with your time and allowing me to share with you about the day that I almost died. Are you guys interested in hearing the day I almost died? Let's do it. For the people who don't know, I am a flight attendant. So I'm the guy on the plane. When there's an emergency, whether it's medical or something with the aircraft, this is my face. It's okay, we're fine. That stoic face, you know that stoic Polish face, right, Michal? Is really just me saying, oh my God, mama, I'm scared. Where do we call a doctor? I'm fucking getting lost in here. But now nah, this is my face. No, we're fine. We're, we're doing okay. Everything is under control. That day that I almost died, it happened to be on a plane. Let me give you some preface. We're five minutes before landing. And one of the first class passengers goes, hey, yo, hey, you stewardess. And I said, yeah, we don't go by that. It's flight attendant, bro. He said, okay, whatever. Get me a Jack and Coke. And I said, first of all, I don't know who Jack is. And if you got Coke, let me get some too, buddy. I'm joking. I did not say that. I wouldn't. I, I was thinking it, though. I'm not going to lie to you. And I told him, sir, look, you can see the trees. We're about to land. He goes, he was so upset by me mentioning that we could see trees that we're about to land that he was pissed at me because I'm a stewardess. So I brushed it off and I sat in my jump seat. The jump seat is the seat that flaps down that is really tight. 
And me and my jump seat partner happens to be a woman. We're so close to each other that I can literally smell what she ate last night. The thing was pasta. So we're about to land in the New York area. For anyone who doesn't know, that's the busiest area in the world. There's three major airports and New York happens to be the capital of the world to some people. Super busy. 16 years working that airport, never had an issue until today. My coworker and I were talking and then the captain made an announcement says, ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. Flight attendants, please take your jump seat. Normally we cross our arms and we go in the brace position. No big deal, normal. Normally we chat, but in this moment, right before we're about to hit the ground, we stay silent just to keep our eyes, nose, and ears open, just in case we can catch something. So we stayed silent. And then the moment we thought we were going to hit the runway, the plane went from, and it literally just spun right back up. And then my head hit the back of the jump seat. And she looked at me. I looked at her. I froze. And we went straight up like a rocket. My heart was beating in my throat. I couldn't even talk. She started crying. So remember that stoic face? Everything's okay. No, not this girl. She started bawling. I could see the flight attendants in the front crying. People were screaming. I saw rosaries. We were coming from Rome. So we had a lot of Catholics on board. Everyone was freaking out. All I could do was think, just breathe. The Wim Hof method repeated, just breathe. I wasn't doing that basic breathing or the power breathing. I was doing that retention part where I was just relaxing my heart. That was the day that I almost died. Does anyone want to know what happened? Like what, why we didn't hit the ground? If you, if you want to put, yes. give me a thumbs up. Woo, woo, woo. All right. I see Pedro put your thumbs up. I missed that face. Bite your cheeks, Pedro. So I would love to tell you, but it's confidential. I'm joking. I'll wait until the end so then you can stay with me the whole way. And if I forget, remind me. So let me tell you, that is the way that I like to hook people. I like to hook people in speeches with something a little dramatic, a little comedic, but ultimately true, something that happened to me. So this story I told you wasn't my cousin, sister's brother's third aunt's little midget brother. It was my story. And it had a little drama, had a little comedy. And that was just a little taste of what I find to be engaging public speaking. Why? Well, I throw a couple of questions in there, throw a couple of jokes in there. Some are funny, some aren't. But my whole point is I'm trying and I'm staying true to myself because I realized when it comes to public speaking, we could try to copy people all day, but at the end of the day, people will notice that, which leads to my first point of public speaking. It's the foundation, and it starts with a letter A, authenticity. When you're transparent, when you're your true self, you're feeling free, you're at peace. It's basically what the Wim Hof Method is preaching, right? Just go within, find that peace. As instructors, we're standing in front of people and some of us are nervous. I still get nervous no matter how many times I do this. But whenever I remember that I'm doing this from a pure place and I'm not copying or I'm not trying to do this with intentions that are not just pure, 
I realize that I'm doing this and the fear kind of just goes a little down, just, just like one centimeter. I also re realize that I'm planting seeds. So that authenticity, that pureness, for me to put this little Wim Hof seed in that head has to be a pure process. Because if it gets contaminated, how much of it is going to grow? They can contaminate, but I know on my end, I'm not. So that's the foundation when it comes to public speaking. No matter what, be genuine. The three ingredients, because I have to talk about food. I love food. I'm Italian. Let's talk about the ingredients. The salt, the pepper, the tomato sauce. We got humor, vulnerability, and a touching story. I already gave you an example of that, but humor lightens people up. Even if you don't think you're a comedian, there's always room to just make fun of yourself. And when you make fun of yourself in a pleasant, jokey way, not in a hurting yourself, we don't want to self-hate her, but we want to make sure we just, hey, let's be, let's be joyful here. Because if I were to be honest with you, that day when I was sitting in that jump seat, my heart was here, but I think maybe like one little ounce of pee came out. And I'm not lying to you. It was scary. There was no doubt in my mind that something bad was going to happen. It's just not normal for the plane to go up in the moment where you're about to go down. I bet you're really curious about what happened. I promise you, I'll tell you. So yeah, I peed on myself. I did. What am I going to do? It's the, it's the story. It's the truth. But being this, being so vulnerable about sharing that, hey, that happened and also like making people laugh about it can make people's shoulders relax. Like, ah, he's making fun of himself. Oh, he also was scared of public speaking. These are the moments that people realize, ah, I could trust him a little more. The next thing goes to vulnerability. What I share with you wasn't the most vulnerable story, but if it's okay with you, I would like to share one of my vulnerable stories. It actually happens to be one of the best days of my life. There was a day my wife called me into the bathroom and we were living in Portugal at the time. So I was running from one room to the other and I said, what happened? She goes, come, come in the bathroom. And I said, baby, I'm not sure if I really wanna go in there. You've just been in there for 10 minutes. She goes, please come in. And she gives me a pen and she goes, look. And I said, why is this pen wet? I mean, did you pee on this pen? And she goes, yeah, I peed on it, but it's not a pen. And I said, oh my God, it's a pregnancy test. And she goes, look, look. I looked closely and it had two little lines. We were pregnant. We celebrated. I kissed her. I tried to wipe my hand with a little pee on there. And I said, we were pregnant. This is amazing. We went out to celebrate and walk the streets of Lisbon. And I remember walking in the street like, I'm a dad. Hi. Like, I would smile at people like, hi, I'm a dad. It was this prideful feeling three years ago that made me think I'm on top of the world. A few weeks later, we decided to move back to Germany because a little thing called COVID interrupted our plans. And while we were there, I was preparing for a speech at home. And my wife called me and she said, come to the hospital now, which is where she studies. So in my mind, it was no big deal. But she called me, she goes, now it's an emergency. So I hopped on my bike and I pushed the pedal to the metal and I was hitting the ground. I almost fell, sweat was coming down my face. I was huffing and puffing. I got to the hospital, threw my bike, didn't even lock it. And I can see my wife was 
so pale. She was like a ghost. And I grabbed her and I, I held her by the back of her neck and I said, baby, what is going on? She goes, I don't think something, I don't think this is good. And I feared the worst, but I was just too optimistic. We went upstairs to the third floor and the gynecologist checked my wife out and she held my wife's hand. And she said to my wife, I'm so sorry, but you lost the baby. And that was the worst day of my life. Why am I sharing this story at a Wim Hof event? Well, because one, this is a part of my healing process to share it and to let people know they're not alone. I know I'm not alone in this story. But two, because it's my story and I own it. And I know that when you open your heart up in these events as instructors, participants open their heart up. Not all of them. I know that for a fact, because I know I wasn't so keen on opening up in the beginning. But it just gives another crumb to just say, hey, follow this trail and go within and open up. Not that we need waterworks, not that we need these vulnerable, sad stories, but it just shows that, hey, we're all human and we all go through shit. And if he's going through that, maybe he'll understand what I'm going through. So basically, you burst open empathy to the maximum. And that to me is a huge ingredient that I never want to stop doing in my life. And I hope when you do these events or who, whatever you host or a public speaking event, that you throw that in there, which leads to the touching story. People love stories. I mean, you watch TV shows, you watch movies, you're listening to me right now. You're following along with me on the bike. You see my wife who's white. You see these stories come alive. And what happens is they get tattooed in the brain. Now, I can't prove they get tattooed, but from my visual perspective and from the people who I love and know, they seem to remember the story, not so much the decoration or the volume of the person's voice or the music, but they remember the story. And I just want people to take that home with you. The next I want to get to is the three or a couple of more tips. If you noticed, I was sharing visual verbs. Why do I mention verbs? Because verbs make things come alive in the moment. Let me give you an example. I said I was sweating, huffing and puffing. And these verbs give you a moment that he's right there. You're right there with me. You're huffing and puffing too. Sweat is coming down my face. This is, this is alive. So when you use your verbs consciously, you can, you can actually make someone be there in your mind. So now you're connected by brains. It's, it's, it's fascinating. At least that's how I visualize when I hear stories. The power of pauses. Did some of you notice when I use my pause? Thumbs up if you could, you remember my pauses between. Yeah. Now, there are two reasons I, 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 I do that. One, guys, it, it's not easy to share these stories. So I need to recover my breath. I need to just balance myself because I just went like this. And two, what I just shared has to land. So you know how people say, oh, that joke didn't land or that joke landed? Well, so do emotions. So if there's a pause that needs to be there, let it be. 
And if that pause is 22 seconds and it's awkward, it's only awkward for the speaker because the person listening really, really needs it. So the power of the pause, take advantage of it and use it to your advantage, I'm telling you. I also want people to understand that we're instructors and not robots. What does that mean? Well, imagine if we get the whole Wim Hof workbook and speeches and everything together, and we have it coordinated at exact time when people need to breathe in. You could basically have Siri be an instructor. Imagine this. Okay, now, fully in, fully out. Is that what you're looking for? We're not robots, but if we can make sure we use our emotions, use our tone, our body, and line it up to be true to ourselves, people go home with that memory because we can memorize all day. And I know people who memorize speeches and they give wonderful speeches, but I notice that they have to truly focus on making their body language line up with those mem mem memorized words. Me, on the other hand, I have a different angle, which is one of the tips I wanna share with you guys. It's coming up with a structure. Today, this is my whole speech. And normally I don't need it, but I just wanted, I just did it to show you guys. You don't have to read the words, but it basically says plain. It says true to yourself, foundation, ingredients. My speech is only seven words. It may be hard to believe, but after practicing and practicing, and I'm the kind of guy that truly believes in over-preparing because my nerves went from here this morning. I, I started this, by the way, at four o'clock in the morning. My, um, my son wakes up early and I was trying to beat him so I could study <laughs> my, my script a little. But seriously, my nerves went down so much to the point, like I'm ready to do this for my crew. I'm ready to share this with the Wim Hof Wednesday community. Over-preparing, in my opinion, is just a beautiful thing that I highly recommend. And the more you prepare, the more confident you feel that you don't even need those seven words on that, that board. I also believe in asking the audience randomly questions because as a Wim Hof instructors, we can ask people, what is that? What, what do you imagine this breathing to be like? I'm not doing that today for various reasons because I know we're going to get into the Q&As after. But these questions that interject your voice and let their voice speak gives the whole group a different energy. So if I were to ask, hey, Flo, how does this breathing technique yeah, resonate with you? Do you think it's too powerful? Do you think it's too relaxed? Like, what are your thoughts on the Wim Hof breathing? And then Flo, what are your thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts about the Wim Hof breathing? And just a couple of words. Yeah, it's uh, energizing and puts me back, centers me back and helps me to activate in the mornings and be just feeling just great during the day. Thank you, Flo. And I know that this is common sense, but as a speaker who's forgotten about these points, I noticed that if I incorporate these questions inside, not, not testing them, as I tried that too, like, all right, what is the second part of the Wim Hof breathing? Not testing them because I noticed what, what I did that it made people feel like they were in high school and they're getting quizzed. But I feel that if we were to just incorporate those questions, like, what does that make you feel? What do you think about that? It's a highly engaging moment and it gives you a chance to take a break, maybe even drink some water like that. Now, a message worth sharing. I mean, I told you about 
authenticity and being true to yourself. That really is my message. If there's one thing that I can hope that my son takes with him is that he just, he's true to himself. And that's the same idea with this speech. And also when I give workshops and also if you give workshops, be true to yourself because my style is different than your style and your style is different than Wim Hof style, which also makes me realize that there is no secret formula. You know, public speaking or any type of presentation doesn't have a 100% fact of life it's going to work. Because if there's 20 people in this room, I guarantee someone in here is not a big fan of my style. And that's okay. Because something else I realized, not everyone, and I'm sorry to say this, is a fan of Wim Hof style. But if they hear Pedro speak, or Bernhard speak, or Sandra speak, that, that touch, that element, it's like that resonates with me because their styles link. So being true to yourself is definitely my moral of the message. And also, if you're ever giving a speech, ending it on that note. But today, I don't want to end it on that note because I got to tell you how the plane almost crashed, but not just yet. There is one quote that I'd like to share with you all, and it's from the late, great Maya Angelou. She's a poet, creative, a true American hero, in my opinion. And I don't know if you've heard this, but if you did, great. If you haven't, please memorize this. Maya Angelou once said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Let me repeat that. People will never forget how you make them feel. Some of you in this room, most of you, all of you have made me feel some way, which links me to you, connects me to you. I'm attached in a way to you. You know, it's not so much the words that you said or what you did, but how I felt during our connection. And that to me is so important. Now, should we get into Q and A's or should I tell you how the plane crashed? Almost. Plane. <laughs> so let me... Plane. Let me tell you, so Newark, New York area is really, really the most busy. It's the busiest airports in the world. The thing is, they also have a crazy amount of air traffic controllers. I don't know if you know, but air traffic controllers have a really high suicide rate. They're very overworked, very saddened, very depressed. And I have actually cousins who are up there working in the towers their, their stress level, which by the way, we should maybe do Wim Hof uh, sessions there. Their stress level is always here, at least in New York area. So on that day, one of the controllers happened to miss that there was a plane that couldn't get off the runway after it landed. I don't know how they missed it, but they did. Our plane was landing in the same runway where there was still a plane. I'm not going to tell you which airline I work for. I'm not going to tell you which airport. It's New York, three airports. Point is, our plane was landing. And the Wim Hof breathing was the only reason I actually took the time to say, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm, I love my mom. I love my wife. At the time, I didn't have my son. But it really is key to just breathing. So whether you're giving a speech, whether the plane had to like jerk back up right before I hit the ground, and just know that this is really rare. So if you have a fear of flying, please don't let that influence your fear. Guys, thank you so much for listening to my 
public speaking speech. Thank you. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. But I, I would love to, to know if anyone has um, questions or if they want to share their personal experiences of public speaking that they feel that I didn't mention here because I only did this in 20 minutes, but I would love to know if anyone, yeah, questions or if they want to say, hey, I noticed this really works as a Wim Hof instructor or in general. I know Pedro is a, is a master speaker, so I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, I think uh, my, my thoughts are just to uh, say how good you were. Oh, Brilliant. The, the thing about the, the plane kept us hanging and you kept going to it, putting the, the hook. Amazing. Great work, guy. Thank you, buddy. But if, like I said, if anyone has a, a question or a, a, any thoughts about public speaking that, that I could share, again, I know that everyone has their own style, but maybe there's something that you feel, hey, um, what, what about this situation? How do you deal with a bad, how do you deal with an angry or, yeah. I have a question. Uh, how did you start to develop your public speaking skills? Were there any books? Were there any courses that you made? Were there any steps joining a public speaking class or what was your journey? It's a great question. It was actually when I went to the winter expedition in Poland and one of the gentlemen said, he said, he's a speaker. And I said, oh, what book would you recommend? He said, um, the TED Talk book by, by Chris Anderson. I'll write it in here. So Chris Anderson, if you don't know, is the curator of TED in, for the whole TED organization. So I read the book. I dissected it. I mean, truly dissected it. I didn't run through it. And then from there, I joined Toastmasters, which is a public speaking organization that a nonprofit where you can go very communal, beautiful networking, and then you can give a speech and then actually get feedback. And they usually use this sandwich method, which is positive room for improvement, positive. And you don't have to give a speech every week, but it's really likely that you will grow if you give a speech every week, or you play a role in the whole dynamic of what public speaking organizing is. So the way that I'm organizing these events right now is mainly due to the whole Toastmasters giving me this understanding of time management, understanding of group organization, and it's all basically $8 a month. And you meet amazing self-development geeks as well. So that's definitely my journey. The book, Chris, uh, TED Talks by Chris Anderson, and then the, the public speaking nonprofit called Toastmasters. Yes. The masters of those. I may have one thing here. Uh, I I announced uh, earlier today that I had some some uh, eight people for for the course I'm doing this weekend, and quite a few came either from directly from Toastmasters people I know from Toastmasters or stuff like that. It's like you say. I mean, it's uh, like-minded people, people that want to improve and work. So some of them will probably be interested in in um, in and it, it was a stage also to practice how to convey the message, which I've yeah. done twice with speeches there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really an amazing organization and they have a lot of online ones. So right now I'm a part of the Toastmasters in Berlin, even though I don't live in Berlin. So 
because of COVID, a lot of turned to hybrid, which is live and online. And you're able to still practice and able to get those words, those dedicated sharp words out through your voice. And it's just like any muscle. The more you use that muscle, the better you get at speaking. And that's, that's the best gym, in my opinion, for public speaking, because it's not only affordable, but it's just positive, like-minded self-development geeks that want to grow and help each other. So, yeah. But thank you for asking, Sandra. I appreciate it. And thank you, Pedro, for joining in. I, I would love to hear one of your speeches one day. Does anyone have like any public speaking ideas that they feel like, hey, that was the, the something that I would do differently or I would maybe add? Because I would really love to hear how other people feel. Yeah, one thing that I would share. Um, if you go to a place where you're going to be on the stage, just before you go on the stage, if you have the time to go see, stand on the stage, feel the space, know where when there is sometimes a ventilation on somewhere, maybe uh, you sense um, how big is the room, how loud you should be, speak, Some someone might be further away, controlling and uh, giving you feedback before the audience comes inside. Um, so just getting in tune with the environment where you're going to be giving the speech. Uh, yeah. That's great, especially especially if we have a, a big number, uh, if, there's, if there's people in the back. That, that made me actually remind me of something about our events. If we go early enough to set up everything, imagine every single individual who walks in it gets greeted as if they're this esteemed guest, which they are, right? They're very important people. And yeah, having that personal touch with with people, I, I, I wish I would have mentioned that because our events are fortunately more intimate. And if we have 15 people, I know that this is basically repeating itself, but as someone who who's done a few events only, and it's as far as Wim Hof, I noticed that people already give me some of their trust from the door because I'm like, Hey, welcome. How you doing? Where are you from? Can I get you some water, some tea? Have you guys noticed that that helps? Or do you notice that it's better to just wait until the moment that you start your presentation to get connected? Could you repeat the question? No, I was wondering if you would say, trying to connect with every single participant before the event starts is something you would recommend or do or wait until let's say your assistant does that part and then you come out as the presenter like let's say and now Beyonce is coming to sing like wait until that point where no no I'm going to present myself at the the point to make people feel a rise or would you say connecting with them before is something you you would definitely do i guess i would i my person i personally have more of this going mingling beforehand already with the people connecting so being in the same level so to say but yeah. in a different setting where you have like 100 people listening to you uh sometimes you cannot do this or you need to be somewhere behind you know uh, then maybe uh, to say this to the assistant to make um, the space already like somehow connected. Yeah, I don't know. Depends on the setting, but me personally, I like to bond beforehand. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's my style too. That again, I was trying to 
round this speech up when it comes to our events, but because I haven't done a ton yet, I've only done maybe five as far as, you know, practicing before, but for anyone who's done a lot, what would you think would be a, a good public speaking or just a facilitator role that really can help when it comes to our words in our presenting? Speak now or forever hold your peace. How about, let me ask you a question. What do you guys think about slides? The question slides versus no slides or just a few? Always be prepared not to be able to show the slides. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> what, what do you think about no slides, whether everything's working or not? I think it'll be They may be a help first. So they may give you, I'm planning on using them on this first one. Okay. I'm not sure it's using them always. What I've noticed in uh, things that I, um, sales or other stuff that I've done is at first it gives you some support, some safety, and that's helpful. Uh, but then as you go and go, you won't need them. And with seven bullet points like you have, you'll probably do okay as long as you've trained long enough to do it. Yeah. So... I have a just um, with with the slides. Sometimes I like to think in the audience you might have those people who are really visual. They want to have some something that they can see. Some are more auditory, so they're super fine with listening the person uh, throughout the whole thing. But just uh, thinking about those different types, how people uh, um, get the information, right? So, nice slides. So good. I completely agree because I think Daniel mentioned this in the masters that some people are visual, some people are auditory, and they, they need that. You know, so it's it's definitely a good point. If, uh, if I may just have one more thing, one danger of using slides it's overusing it and putting too many words and and for that I would recommend a TEDx um, which is called Death by PowerPoint. Yes. It's like in 15 minutes or even less, you'll get all the to-dos and not to-dos while using uh, slides. It's an amazing one. It's brilliant, goes up to the point, and, uh, and it shows uh, how often they're poorly used, which is a lot. So, yeah. Advise that. In, in the book that I recommended, he, he goes over that and he says, uh, an image or... A PowerPoint slide is supposed to enhance what you say, not take over the whole, let's say, module or the whole speech. So, yeah, I, I really, I really find that TEDx talk that Pedro recommended. I think it's by a Swedish guy. I can't remember his name, but "Death by PowerPoint" I think is the the easiest way to find it. I'll write it here in the chat. But even in the book by Chris Anderson himself, he he repeats like it's supposed to enhance. It's not supposed to be a paragraph, but yeah, I definitely agree that some people need to read that. My wife personally likes to have a visual of some words when we're watching our parenting of courses. And I noticed that I don't even want to look at them. I just want to feel the woman's voice and understand what she's saying. But she's like, no, I want that. And then kind of reiterates. So I guess every single individual is different. But yeah. 
uh, yeah. Not so much of a question, but uh, I've had it happen to me uh, when I was speaking in front of a lot of people. Uh, obviously, I was stressed and I went up there and I spoke for three minutes. And afterwards, I had no idea what I had just said. Hmm. Uh, uh, and I I guess I can I can put it on, uh, you know, stress. Do you maybe have any, you know, tips or tricks up your sleeve with, you know, you know, calming yourself down before you mentioned uh, over, uh, no, you mentioned, yeah, over prepare. That's a good one, but maybe something else. Uh, Odin, I really appreciate that question. It's, it has happened to me so many times where people didn't even know I was on stage and I couldn't even get a word out. So I think what you were saying is like what I felt maybe for what I think it felt like 10 times 10. And I think just like when I was on the jump seat, when I thought the plane was going to crash, it's just, I'd take these long, deep exhales. And I learned that from the whole retention part about the Wim Hof, because when my, when I'm in the retention, my heart really does go low. And I think we all do. And I love that part about it. So the long exhales helped me tremendously. And I noticed that when I'm so calm on stage and I noticed when people would just notice that I'm just standing there with a smile, that awkward loudness starts to go down. And it's me not doing anything. I'm not trying to be this, listen to me. It's more like long exhales. And eventually it takes sometimes a long time, but you'll hear people say, shh, shh, shh. And I'll just wait. It's awkward to me as a speaker, because I'm just like, but it could take three minutes. And that exhale just keeps making me go relaxed, more relaxed. But it's easier said than done. Because when you're on that plane or when you're in that on that stage and they already announced you and no one's listening, Oh man, it, it's like a tragedy. It's like, it's so hard to even imagine or watch. It's painful. But like I said, the long exhale, it just, it's magical. I think I could sum up the key to life in two words, just long exhale. <laughs> and I guess that, I don't know if that's exactly what you want to hear, but um, it's just, just has helped me tremendously. And if you could cue that in when the moment does suck, it's and also realizing that in the beginning, it's always going to be two minutes of not so much your powerful Odin, but you basically getting warmed up for the Ironman, like your like your Pedro, like your the beginning is not your your full steam. So, but once you get the ball rolling, it does have an, a beautiful effect of just keeping the momentum. And then you start to get to become you. Even when I started the speech, I wasn't my complete self until. I don't know, a few minutes after. But like I said, the long exhale and believing in yourself and just keeping it going. But yeah, over-preparing is my, is my, is my, my true, my true uh, resource. But thank you for asking. I may add something here as well. And uh, Once I heard uh, Simon Sinek on an interview, he was saying that he was watching the Olympiads and... Uh, 
someone was interviewing the guy that won and asked him, uh, were you feeling nervous? And he was like, no, I was feeling excited. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, the symptoms are exactly the same of nervousness and excited and being excited. So uh, it's a way of how you interpret. Even now, when, when I go into a stage, I, I like going on a stage. So I interpret that as, wow. I, I, of course, I'm, I'm sometimes shivering and I'm like anxious, my heart's bumping, but it's because I'm excited to go on stage. Yes. It's not because I'm fearful to go on stage. And that uh, heart pumping and stuff, it puts me in a, in a capacity to give more energy, to transmit more energy. And that can be a good thing because if you're over relaxed, yeah. you might come out as boring. Yeah. So there's a balance to be had there. That's great. Yeah. Switching that word, you know, that one word can make a huge difference. And, and also imagining, like, I don't know about some of you, but when I, when I put my heart into it and I say, I'm going to do this for my son, I'm going to do this uh, for my wife. I don't know, whatever that, that driving force sometimes could be, but I'm going to rock it. I'm going to do this. You know, guys, I know this is nine people that I admire a lot. And it's so some people, it's not a big deal, but I really did hug and kiss my wife as if I'm giving another TEDx talk because it, I put my heart into it and you put your heart into it. You do it for yourself and for the people, but it just shows in the, in the delivery. I, I hope I'm, I'm not sure if my delivery was uh, profound or touching or deep, but I know I tried. And I think my intention alone, you know, kissing my wife and my son right before this, it, it had an effect on me. So doing it for something, let's say bigger than yourself, it can have a wonderful spark and, and let overcome or let's say enhance again the excitement to bring you to the level that can give you the delivery that you want or even surprise yourself even more. Matt Walsh said, I always get the shakes before I drop. I've seen the shrinks, the psychics and the shots. They said it's not fear. I could have told them that. The horse in the starting, the starting gate isn't afraid. He's just ready to run. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I thought this was actually your phrase. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> oh, that's Robert Heinlein. I that's, wish I'd read that. Really, really. Thank you for sharing. But it's, yeah, it's, it really it is. is good. And we are yeah, ready. We are ready to run the show. But yeah, with that being said, we did reach the time. Thank you guys for asking questions and uh, yeah, making this session up until 45 minutes. I do want to ask you guys one question because we are live right now. Next week, Daniel Klukin will be sharing his insights and he does already have a few ideas. If there's something that you feel from a, an experienced Wim Hof instructor like Daniel, whether I'll ask Daniel to present it or someone in the future, what is it that you really want to know, whether for your first event or for your in, being an instructor in general, if there's any questions or thoughts, because this is a good time for me to jot it down, ask him, and maybe we can get it for next week's session or future session with another instructor. Yeah, he totally froze. Man. Am I still frozen? 
Oh man. Maybe the internet dropped on me. And then there you go. He's back. Hey, Brian. You you're gonna do one at your uh, you have like a retreat space, right? Yeah. Yeah, nice. I'm in the process. Uh, I I I I bought a hot tub and a sauna, and uh, I'm setting uh, setting it up. So it takes it takes a while, but uh, uh, in the, the the new year, uh, yeah, start kicking and screaming. Nice. So, yeah. How about you? No, not yet. Uh, well, I have I have done a workshop here in Portugal before uh, the training, before the instructor training. Uh, but yeah, since the training, I haven't done one uh, here. Um, but yeah, I will see. And with timing, I'm I'm moving a lot at the moment, so it's it's uh, yeah, it doesn't fit in the schedule. But um, either if I find some time, do one in November here, or maybe in December in Belgium. Yeah, nice. Hey, Francesco, you were in the middle of a question. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that, guys. My internet dropped, which I don't know if I'm going to be a virtual Wim Hof speaker because this is not, <laughs> I'm not lucky with internet here. Um, but yeah, I was wondering if, if you have any questions that we can, maybe I can start setting up to send to to Daniel or anybody in the near, in the near future who's going to be presenting as a, as a, yeah, veteran instructor. Where to find the students? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's, I wonder if, if they're going to, where to find participants? Yeah, this is definitely the key question. Yeah. Let me write this in my notes. But yeah, that, that, that's definitely something I'll share. And, um, yeah, and also, we could also share this in our, in our WhatsApp group. So I can try to, get him prepared with some ideas because we can love this material all day, but if we don't get the people in front of us, then we're, yeah, we're sharing it with ourselves and it's not going to be something that we can uh, have as sustainability. Right. But thank you guys. I'm going to write that down. And I also want to thank you guys for, for listening to me, trusting me and, and letting me be vulnerable and share my, my insight. I really love public speaking and I, I'd love to help anyone who has any questions. I, I even made a, a Udemy course and Skillshare course. So if anyone wants the link, I'll throw it in the in the WhatsApp group if you're if you're interested. It's basically what I did today, but yeah, awesome. In a course like manner. Yes, that would be great. Yeah. Well, but that being said, we have done our sixth episode. I feel like we are on a roll. And Daniel Klukin is next week. And I even have Dow and Josefina on the list. And uh, four people from the around the world have contacted me. So this is only growing, guys. Yeah, great. Yeah. My goal, That's is, awesome. to get, my goal is to get every single instructor to give a speech. <laughs> yeah, it's a good goal. By the end of the year. By the end of the year. <laughs> it's a lot of Wednesdays. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you. And... Just know I appreciate sure. it. I miss you guys. Okay, you too, you, man. Ciao, ciao.
Thank you, too. Thanks for everything. Miss you guys. Bye.